Oh. <laughs> it would be a wolf, but eh? Hello, 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 and welcome to today's episode of Wolves Fancast. We are back, just like Wolves were yesterday. Joining me tonight, we've had a squatch around. I've got Jafo um, in the punditing chair instead of on the hosting chair. And we've also got Stu. Boys, it's another bloody win for the Wanderers, isn't it? I'm, I'm buzzing. Stu, how, how are you feeling? I was going to say, how are you feeling on the coach home? But... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, my my excitement levels got too much, and <laughs> well, when I, when I looked at what actually happened, I mean, I, I was did start, I started sweating like really badly for no reason whatsoever, and I looked it up, and it was like there is certain moments where you can get too excitable, and it, it like your body reacts like it's a panic attack. So I ended up taking my tops off and just sitting there with my shirt over me like a towel, and with the aircon blasting on me to uh, to fix me. But no, later I was fine. But to be fair. We did say on Friday that we'd absolutely smash them to pieces. Eventually, when we, when things were fair, we did. So, everyone's a winner. Exactly, exactly. Well, we'll talk about the game. Uh, big thanks to everyone who's tuned in live on YouTube. Um, already got some comments coming in regarding uh, the refereeing, which I feel that we're probably going to spend a healthy amount of time on uh, your favourite Australian stew. And we've also got Fancast contributor uh, Josh Lem as well. So Love Island and Fancast time. What a Sunday. <laughs> you, basically, you've got hot, attractive people who can barely really, you know, talk to one another. And you're Love Island. Exactly. You're still on the line. You're still on the line. You know where I am. And we've got Hayley coming in already with Evening Lads and Stu. Um, well, hang on a minute. What, what does that, <laughs> what's that mean? I'm just surprised that you picked up on that because that's like the fourth time she said that. <laughs> well, I'm, a, I'm some kind of ethereal being. <laughs> so you're like you're like a godlike creature above all, you know, worshipping in the land of Deutsch. Yeah. Well, well. King D. Yeah. King? No, 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 still, no, 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 no. Still one of my genuine favourite moments of this season. <laughs> bearing bearing in mind we have beaten Liverpool three 0 and had a dramatic like comeback in the last week, but it's still a standout core memory for me. <laughs> <laughs> which probably doesn't say a lot about our season. Um, let's talk about the game. Um, we do usually kind of go through the whole lineup malarkey, but there isn't a huge lot to talk about apart from Pedro Neto, I guess, um, coming back um, on the bench because I, th- I think it's sort of the team we're we're expecting really. Yeah, I was I was kind of intrigued how if it would be like four four two again. Um, but it, it was almost like a hybrid thing with Nunes playing more of a left-sided midfielder slash left foot of a front three at, at times. And it was all, well, we never really got a chance to see exactly what it was meant to be <laughs> um, because of what happened. But yeah, it was, int- I didn't think Neto would get anywhere near. I thought it was like a token gesture kind of thing that he was, oh, well, let's throw him in and then we'll see what happens. Um but I never expected him to come off the bench in the same vein with uh, Joe Gomez as well. Other well, he looks fit enough in the videos, and he said himself that he's ready to play, and he's unveiling one. So, but I thought, well, he might have like ten minutes at the end if we're if we're comfortable, just to give him a bit of a bit of a run around. But didn't expect that. No, not quite. I mean, the the only I guess standout thing across both. Um, lineups. It's actually on Southampton sides. Ainsley, mate, and Niles wearing the number three. Are we having that, guys? Well, he... which way are you playing fullback ish, Renee? So, yeah, so I know he can play, yeah, but yeah, no, not... no, it's one for the modern football numbers, isn't it? So, yeah, I know, I know, I know some people get annoyed by it. I, I, I'm not, I'm not naming names, <clears throat> gully, uh, but yeah. it's you know, it's, it's it's one of them, it's just like oh, whatever. <laughs> We, uh, everyone needs to have a number. Yeah, you know, exactly. Um, just still, still jarring. Some numbers 
still kind of feel that they need to be in relatively certain positions and and to be fair he does float doesn't he come he is, he is quite a versatile player so i will let him off um and also he's not a wolves player um which is a, i was gonna say a bit of a shame because he, he basically nearly signed for Wolves and then he got called to england <laughs> uh, for, for memory that's a, a true sliding doors moment he scored in, like the community shield final penalty and i think that kind of just raised his stock three million too high falls to go for um I, i'm in a way i'm half avoiding talking about this game because it wasn't a particularly great football match if you, if you take away the last you know the ending of it it, it wasn't a game necessarily the highest quality was it Stu? I mean, they went about it in the way that the genius that is Nathan Jones said that they were going to do. And he said that he told us all that his teams were the most aggressive in Europe, apparently. Um, and it was as scrappy as anything. <laughs> and you can, well, are, are they trying to deliberately ruin the game? Um, and especially, I know they got a bit of stick on at the game as well as on Twitter after with um, Saravia and Cunha, but. It was almost like welcome to England kind of kind of situation where the pace and the physicality seemed to completely pass them by for the first half, um, first twenty five at least, especially. But it's to be expected. Eh? And they've had a, I mean, playing Liverpool's a bit different because it's not exactly the hardest thing in the world to do at the minute, and they they're not going to be going at you like that, and they give you a bit of space, but. I don't know what it was, other than the, other than the fact that they had so many they had new bit, newbies that we couldn't even pronounce last week. Well, I couldn't pronounce last week, and or even really know about. And maybe that was the curveball that kind of threw them because we haven't set up like that very often under Lopetegui. Have we? It seemed like he's admitting in the past when he's got it wrong, but it was just so scrappy and bitty and not in a fun way, and. It was almost like the sending off was inevitable at some point, obviously not half hour into the game, but it seemed so bad. And that was down to the everyone's favourite Australian referee. And the the tone he set booking people straight away from borderline bookings, but to not even speak to them and just cards out straight away. It just seemed like he was on a power trip yesterday. And he was the one who was centre stage from the start, rather than both teams. It was weird. Yeah, let, let, let's let's talk about um, Jared because yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, even if we go to like the first Lamina challenge, um, I'm still not. I mean, am I being too biased when I say I, I don't see how it's really a yellow card? He comes a bit, I guess, downwards, but. I was shocked to see it get a yellow card quite so early on. Yeah, it was. I think for me, you can't really argue. It was. It was one of them where you, it's either a yellow or it's not a yellow. It's. It's not a bad decision yeah. to give him a yellow card for that because it was. He went in with a bit, with a bit of power, a bit of force behind the challenge, which is fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and he caught him. So when that happens, you're running the risk. Did any of their players get booked for the same challenge later on? No, of course they didn't. Mm. And that was the problem. And the fact that you're looking back now, and when I watched match today earlier on this morning, he he he's so fast to get that yellow card out. It was, and it was the kind of we'll, we'll come into the second one in a bit, but it was like how aggressive he was, like handing it out, like, like straight away. It was like, well, what what are you doing? He hasn't done anything in the whole game. Obviously, there's the storyline behind Lamina anyway in Southampton, but he hadn't done anything wrong. It was his first challenge. It was just mistimed. It wasn't... The guy didn't get injured. If you're going to book him, then fine. But the, to run up to him like that and just stand there like some kind of pompous fool and hand it like... There was something very Nazi about it. It, it was really odd why, why he chose to do it that way. And it just it riled everyone up. Yeah, and I think... Game management must be such a fine and tricky balance for a referee. And I'm probably the most, I guess, lenient fan casting in terms of, the, I guess, some of the more human side of a referee. Because 
you you're right. It it's it's not a surprise that it's given as yellow that sort of challenge. I don't personally think it was because yeah, it, it was a bit of force behind it because he's a physical player, but he's nowhere like yeah, we're not really going anywhere. He's not prevented an attack. He's not seriously injured him. But I think what all football fans crave is that consistency from referees. It's like, well, if you give a foul for that, you should, you know, you should give a foul for this challenge. If you give a yellow card for this tackle, you should give one to that. I mean, when you don't see it consistently laid out, and I guess that's where the old, um, you know, game management and refereeing in terms of, you know, the old one was, you know, you get the first one free because Otherwise, you do have the opportunity, you know, the potential, as Dean Marston says in the comments, um, after 35 minutes, it yeah. could easily have ended 9v9. And I know it's up to the players to control themselves. They're, you know, they're quite literally in control of themselves. But the refs got to do something to make sure that, the, you know, we get the game carries on. And, you know, if Samedo gets booked as well, I, I do think that was the yellow card personally but it's already nitty bitty and then Lamina thinks he's got fouled um, and so do two of his other teammates I think Neves and Sarabia maybe Matinho. Was it Matinho? Yeah. Um and then Lamina Jafo does the horrendous horrific act of what I believe was described as running aggressively <laughs> to five yards away from the referee to tell him that where he'd been pulled down. Yeah, I gotta say I was I was terrified myself. I, I didn't yeah. know how he how he didn't piss his pants on the fucking field. It's pathetic. <laughs> pathetic the reasoning is pathetic. And what gripes me the most about it is that I see all these fucking bullshit. It's the same as the Liverpool thing again with the VAR. And you get all these fucking referee yes lovers come out on Twitter supporting it. Stick and, into and, them. And I love it because they say, oh, they, they want to see a change and they're happy to see a change. Then, yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine for it. I'm fine if you want to clamp down on stuff like this. But you do not do it in February. Mm. You do it at the start of the season. Mm. So it's consistent. You can't be sending people off now in a season when you've already played six months. You know, six months worth of fixtures where somebody could have been booked, you know, which which a yellow card changes a game enough, let alone a red card. It can change the whole tempo of a game and the way a player plays. So how can you can you have it where you want to you want to say oh they're enforcing this rule at this point in the season? It's it's like saying okay everything before doesn't matter. It's it's utterly bizarre and like you say it it's as a decision it's crazy. I just I can't understand the referee's reasoning. Okay, yeah, he's run to him, he's moaning about it, but I think it's two minutes later. So there were six or seven Southampton players run at the referee mm-hmm. to complain about a decision. Just all, all and, and I think we aren't so much annoyed about the actual nature of it more than the inconsistencies of it, because that's the problem is there's always inconsistencies with refereeing until they can stamp it out and stamp out, you know, this bullshit, uh, like black and white level that they've got without being consistent. Then we're never going to move forward together. Well, I think, <laughs> I think you, you just said the exact words, but in a different way, it's black and white. Is Jared a bit racist? We can't say, but there's no coincidence, is there? The way he was behaving yesterday. There's, I know we, we joked about it and Luke put a thing about Melanin on Twitter, and there's a few people putting the Family Guy race card thing up again. But you look at the, that the the tactical camera view from where he cards Lamina. He's got the he doesn't he's got Neves and Matinho there in his ears. Doesn't mm-hmm. do a thing. And like you said in this interview afterwards, like Neves, he said he could have booked either of us. But Lamina, he's on the edge of the penalty area. <laughs> when he, And he turns around and he books him as he's running towards him. Now, that is not a rule in any way, shape or form. In any part of the law, does it say you cannot run at a referee? And when Neves, he said he didn't say anything. Why would he lie? When they're, they're mic'd up, he's going to have to put his report in. We'll probably get the, the details tomorrow on this, exactly why it happened, um, like they always do on Monday mornings. But it's just ridiculous. I mean, and how he booked Tomato was the same way, completely over the top, 
forceful. When he booked um, Aitnuri, he trotted over the pitch. He didn't run. <laughs> it was just, it's just a slight hand in the air. And it, it was just, well, you, there's clearly something going on here because that's not normal behavior. <laughs> and I know we talk about conspiracies all the time. And yet again, it's some weird refereeing decision going against Wolves for the what seems like the seventh or eighth time this season <laughs> and the, the third in four weeks. Why? Because we spoke out about these things, that this stuff's stupid. And then the thing that happens at Brighton, Brighton get a goal disallowed that's not even offside. Oh, why? Because Brighton are pushing for the European places. What a surprise. You know what I mean? It, it, there's so much bullshit going on. And they can't keep getting away with it. I know it's it's good that Howard Webb's come out and he's apologised to Brighton and he's apologised to Arsenal. He apologised to us for something that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Why? It's just, it's completely baffling. I mean, it's, I'm not saying every week it's all corrupt and bent, but there's something seriously not right about that that whole situation. I know they've, they've brought it up on Match of the Day as well. Then how how is that how does that happen? That's not even a rule. That's not even a law of the game. <laughs> He wasn't doing. He didn't do anything wrong, and he got booked for it. Doesn't make any sense. I was trying to think of where to kind of go from there because I kind of agree with like ninety percent of what he's saying, which makes me kind of feel a bit dirty, to be honest, Drew. Um, no, you're right. Like, it's just so frustrating. More to the point. Imagine how many times Nevis would get sent off a season. He's already yeah, a good one. Exactly. He's already a good one to have on a bet builder for a booking. And don't get me wrong, you know, there is a way to approach a referee and stuff like that. And you look at, you know, good, good boy Matinho and how he talks to, you know, how he gets away with them compared to, you know, pull it back to like Joey Barton or whatever, who, you know, would just get a yellow card for looking at a ref. And stuff like that. Just when you sort of see it live, it's so bewildering. And you know what? I I could understand it if, if Lamina's like swore at him or whatever. No problem at all. No problem. But it's a straight red. The fact that he's gone for like the second, it's like really. And again, to be able to enforce that at that point in the game, at this point in the season. And, they, you know, I, I saw one of those Twitter support ref BS accounts because they, they seem to have cropped up out of nowhere and they are bizarre. It is a it is a echo chamber that I am bewildered by. Um, now, you know, I think one of them said, oh, they're clamping down. They're clamping down on it. And if you said, as you said, Jafo, why are you clamping down in... We've played twenty plus games of the season. <laughs> Clamp, like if, and also that's one referee. If it was across the board this weekend, and they mm. dish like, and you can't let's let's say I don't know something silly like five players got sent off for the sent this weekend. You know what? It wouldn't happen again. I'd, I'd, I'd get it, but for it just to be oh this you know. One ref, one ref is pushing this one certain rule. I don't know how I, that sits with me if it's not properly done. And you know, you can't. I'm not against refs having a bit of license and a bit of wriggle room. I know, like we, you know, I I, I kind of moaned on about having consistent refs. If you have refs who take a interpretation of the rules, fine. But then they should be accountable and be able to articulate why they've done that. Because at the end of the day, again, one of these Twitter accounts, I think Matt Guy got in an argument with him on Twitter and he said, it doesn't matter, you won. Hmm. Yeah, but we don't have Lamina at the weekend now. Yeah. We we didn't have him for 60 minutes. That's not, well, I was going to say, that's our outfield players who have had to do an extra bit of running and they work their bollocks off second half. And don't get me wrong, it got rewards. But there's going to be some tired legs this morning from it. And uh, I don't know. Referee's going in the bin at the moment for me. 
Well, the fact that the, that entire argument just breaks down because nothing happened in the second half, and there was tackles mm. in the second half that was way worse than in the first, and they didn't even get booked. So the whole the whole, whole argument's just none and void that straight away because so then you said, oh no, because he was too he was too far the, in the first half, then you 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 accommodate in the second. No, that's not the rule, is it? <laughs> if you want to if you want to clamp down, you clamp down throughout the whole game. And like Dean said, there he could have been nine against nine in the first half. Yeah, if he if he'd have followed through with what he started in that game, it should have been nine versus nine, and it was almost like that chaos in that friendly at the, in the um, in the winter and at the start of the season as well. When, but then, oh, do we let the two players come back on again because he doesn't count? It was it was as farcical as that because the second half was not refereed in the same way as the first. So that any argument then Bellends have got on there completely breaks down straight away. Do you want a, cons- a bit of a uh, conspiracy theory, Stu? <laughs> so we've had a few people on uh, the YouTube comments um, talking about it. So I'll I'll, I'll pick a couple. Um, but it happened in the Villa game as well. Ruben Diaz got sent off for running over to a referee. Um, as um, Wolfade89 says. But do you know who I was on VAR, Stu? I know. Mm. You know... It, it it's to, let, let's move away from referee because. But if you, you if know. you watch if you watch how he ran at the referee though he deserved to be booked. That's the difference. Yeah, he, he ran with, with his head down like a bull. <laughs> he was like, well, you know, you're going to get booked for that. Oh yeah, is good for it though. Yeah, he, that's... He, quite often he'll run 40, 30 yards to have it, to get in an argument with the ref. Yeah, we well, got a problem with with them doing it and enforcing the rule. But when someone doesn't do anything, that's uh, that's. That's when you get it gets to you. Mind boggles, mind boggles. Let's talk about the Southampton goal because it kind of, I don't know, and showed what the first half was about because it wasn't a great goal to concede from Wolves. It was sloppy. It was, it felt like a championship goal, mm. which. Mm-hmm. That'd be good for them. It's good practice for next season. Exactly. <laughs> Was, but yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It was a bit sloppy. It was it was a shot out of the dark, you know. It, it was it was there was no real anybody was really having a run of play in the game, and and it's a great strike, and you know he's lucky it's hit the inside of the post to go past Tsar. But it's one of those, you know, they happen in football games, and it doesn't matter if you're Man City or you're Southampton, you know, that they they come out of the blue, and. You know, you got to put your hands up and say, "Oh, it's a clean strike. He's done well." But if he tried that another ninety-nine times out of hundred, I don't think he'd he'd, he'd he'd do it ever again. No, but I mean, more annoyingly, it was probably they were probably good for it at that point as well, because we kind of and rightly so, kind of feeling a bit sorry for ourselves. Um, and it was almost a case of let's just calm down a bit and let's not get anyone else sent off. And then like I was with eight Nuri's challenge or whatever. Um. But yeah, it was it was almost like as soon as it went in, let's just get to half time, um, get to half time at one nil and, and regroup because we we just won in it first half at all. When the last fifteen, you can't blame them for not being at it because we've seen what happens before when again half of this team were there when when Raul's head broke, and it affects people, and and unjust sending off is going to roll people up and they're going to start doing stupid things. And the shape was completely lost. There was no kind of the passing was completely all over the place. But again, you can't really moan that much because it was an injustice. Yeah, it did it, it? It seemed to really hit them in terms of that mentality. It, it took them to go until half time, didn't it, to kind of get their head straight. And again, it, it wasn't all the losing the man because we weren't at the levels that I think we've expected under Lopetegui, but if there's one thing we know about Lopetegui, he loves a half-time break, because uh, yet again, and you know, a couple of subs at half-time, just to, just to try and tweak things, and yeah, I think it showed the chasm between him and someone like Nathan Jones, if we're being honest, in terms of, you know, the, the tactical outmanoeuvring that, you know, you can't just bring it right back down to, um, I was going to say, right back down to basics, which I think was uh, Nathan Jones's 
idea of how to win a football match um, because you just have some of the best stats in Europe, of course. Um, so it just took, you know, Europa League winning coach Lopetegui to see what happened. Um, but anyway, half-time subs, again, big impact, guys. Yeah. As always, I think um, I think the main main point you say about Nathan Jones and what he's done as doing at Southampton and he can't do what Lopetegui does is down to a good investment. You know, there's not many teams. I, I, I'd argue that we've got the best bench there at the weekend out of anyone in the bottom half of that table. And we've got the yeah. ability to, 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 to change a game, you know. We've got the ability to, to actually, if, if it ain't going the way, it was, you know, we're going well, we can bring a couple of really good players on, you know. As we keep saying, and we, we keep going on about it, we keep saying it, it feels good to be a proper team again. Yeah, and that's the one thing is is we're so happy to to be able to have such good players to be able to impact the game. Yeah, I mean the fact that all right, he's got his very notable flaws, but to bring on Darmstrong at half time and bring on Bueno, it, it was just like shifting. Like we're just going for more pace. Let's really try and peg them back and see what they're about. But again, you look at the other players that we have and. It almost feels like, again, another masterstroke and bringing on Diego Costa on the hour mark as well, where we, we were doing all right after half time, but just having that slightly different focal point up front from Kuna, it's it just made, it was almost like we just switched on. It was like we gained two players when Diego Costa came on. Um, as uh, Sean Crow says in the comments, and I think this is a fantastic um, way to sum it up with Lopetegui. He doesn't just make changes; he makes right changes. Yeah, yeah, and just I think like every time. So more than like going back to our, the halftime ones, more than trial rate, he was having just well. Let's not take a risk now. Let's get let's just take Agnew off. He's already on a book in any way. He hasn't necessarily been overexposed, but he hasn't had a chance to get forward. But let's just do the right thing. We know the, the delivery that Bueno's got anyway from Palace. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what was it on when Costa came on? On the air mark? So, it was literally well, on the hour. Yeah, so they were absolutely shit themselves when he came on. <laughs> it, <laughs> but it, it was, like I've said before about him, yeah, we, we know that he's not the same player. And yeah, he's a bit of a joker and he, he's there for he's there for the bant. And But it seemed like every single player... On that pitch in a teal shirt, um, at last, um, was lifted as soon as he came on the pitch because he, he was he didn't really do much, but he was a battering ram, and he, he just bullied them to pieces, and they they had no answer to it. And he looks he looks fitter than he has for a while as well. He doesn't look, he's he's a big guy anyway. You can see that, but he doesn't look overweight anymore. He looks fitter, and just his sheer strength his upper body strength was it he was tearing them apart did it almost feel like the uh that scene in rogue one stew um <laughs> <laughs> where just darth vader, like they know darth yeah, vader's coming and they the are just all it. and it's just he is gonna go on a rampage i knew exactly what you were gonna say because <laughs> yeah it is i mean we can't be very diego custard darth vader someone make that please um but yeah, it was. I mean, it, it was almost like the the thought of Diego Costa was more terrifying than the actual truth, and they were all over the place. Yeah, and again, the the all all three goals were a bit sloppy, but this genuinely might. The only way I can describe it is it deserves to be on a Danny Baker's uh, Danny Baker VHS, doesn't it? Uh, let's be honest. It, so, yeah. for, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it was scrappy. It was, as I say, Diego Costa's involved. Adama Traore actually does really good bit of work to kind of shift his space. Actually gets his shot off, gets it on target. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then um, just... Yam- like no. Then Jan Bednarak forgets how his <laughs> legs work. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so much stick from the Southampton fans. They already hate him enough, but now now that he's almost consigned them to relegation, he is like <laughs> he's like literal patient zero of that team. And the, the, the one thing I, I quite liked, I hadn't seen that that video that you just posted, but I think Craig Dawson celebrated that goal more than his own. <laughs> and he scored last week. He was pumping. 
Look at, look at him as he runs forward. His arms are going like crazy. <laughs> he gets a move on there. He loving life. Amazing. I've not spotted that until now. Um, <laughs> like, it, it, if they weren't already terrified at the, uh, the, the prospect of Diego Costa and then the goal, I mean, Southampton just looked drained, didn't they? It, it was part of me emphasises the wrong word, but I, I, I've been a Wolves fan literally this season when you concede that goal, maybe against like Palace um, this season where you go, they must have gone, we're going to lose this. Mm. This has mm. got a, you know, a sense of inevitability about it. But Wolves definitely weren't done again. We talked changes and, you know, 70th minute mark just before the goal. Um, just for Wolves equaliser. Zhao, that boy Gomez, comes on. And I don't think anyone was really expecting him to necessarily play all that much. Um, no. But, it was, you know, again, it's not like one of those. Oh, they just wanted more energy. They wanted someone who, you know, they, it felt like we were just going to go for broke. And, hey, you know what? The difference between us losing 1 0 and 2 0 is nothing. Us getting, a, get, getting goals here is going to make the difference and again he lived up to the billing and part of me was a bit scared because there's been so much fanfare about him and i didn't want him to be shit but <laughs> do you know because yeah. it, it it felt like so much of this had been sort of marketed and a lot of it was marketed by fans that don't in terms of you know free shall go uh movement but again he just looks a player, doesn't he? It's the he only looks, way I can describe it. He looks about twenty-eight years old. He's yeah. He's how he holds himself, how he moves, how confident he is, how he's just totally switched on. And he's happy birthday, by the way, today. If you're watching, I'm sure you are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he he does. He looks. He looks like he's been he's he's been playing football at the top in the top flight for the best part of ten years. He's so composed on the ball, and he's. His football intelligence is, I mean, I, I can't believe he's even here. Just watching that cameo, I mean, we're not being going over the top here. So for someone to come into a different country who admittedly himself doesn't really speak that much English, which is not really a problem for us, but still, he's still, he's had no acclimatization time at all compared to the other two that I mentioned earlier. And he's just slotted straight in there. Like he's, mm. like he's always been part of it. Mm. Yeah, bang on. It was, just, it was class. And it was the nature in which he played. He played his game. Like you said, it was could be the confidence. He, he, and he strolled up and down the pitch like a Rolls Royce. Yeah. He, he literally covered all the grass like like he, he'd been here and playing here for months. And, you know, we all know how, how different the Premier League is and, and how much harder it is physically on somebody's body. And no offense to the Brazilian league, but it ain't that ain't it. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it, that ain't it, that league. And it's impressive. And we'll get on to the goal in a minute, but, you know, even that, there was just a self-assurance, even after the first one was blocked, that he had the confidence to say, okay, I'll do it again. <laughs> I'll do it again. And that's, that's we're just some, some great players now. And, and I've, I've got so much happiness and confidence in the team again because of, uh, you know, one transfer window under Lopetegui. It says <laughs> everything, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's bonkers, isn't it? Because yeah. all of a sudden now, like, when Joe go, um Jao Martino inevitably goes in the summer, you'd think. It's just like, okay, fantastic servant. And then we go, well, we've got in about four players now who are just going to replace him. And you're right, it wasn't, you know, the goal we'll talk about in a sec, but just all the highlight reels we you'd seen of him, the tackling, the passing, you know, just everything that, you wanted and bearing in mind we were at a man disadvantage as well <laughs> it, was, it wasn't like he'd come in and pick you know he, he he had no right to play how he was playing um you know but, but the goal don't don't get me wrong southampton was shite what, what however the ball came to him it was Fucking awful. And if, if this was Wolves <laughs> and Wolves had done that, I'd be pulling my hair out. But they're not. And it 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 was like he just knew what he was gonna do. 
it was like mm. it you know i know um um dan tweeted via a fan cast account you know it, it was just like um on fifa just doing a curler and he got blocked for the first time well no oh don't worry i've now got the space to have an even better shot thank you very much and again i just i can't always remember the last time i saw wolves midfielder just be that nonchalant in an attacking position yeah it's been... <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of think back to Simon Osborne, <laughs> but obviously we've had better, we've had players since then. But he's at that kind of that kind of finish. I know exactly what you mean. Um, from from there in that situation to be that calm, yeah, it's been a it's been a long. I mean, you might talk about Kevin McDonald, maybe. Um, yeah, at, at that level in in League One, but it, it sounds easy. But I mean, just like take a shot like that because I don't know. So it's so like Dave Edwards, who you know, we, we'd all say, Oh, was primed for running into the box late. I can't imagine it, Dave Edwards doing something like that. No, Kevin McDonald, yeah, Kevin McDonald's a good shout in terms of just being so cultured with what he was having to do, and he just seems to have a bit of everything, and just the uh, you know, the, the passion after that goal and having Ruben Nevers just scream in his face and him screaming <laughs> back. I was, I, I was just living it and he was in tears afterwards as well. I I don't think my little heart could take it much more with that moment. I mean, uh, uh, going a bit further on, uh, at full time, he was in bits. Yeah. Like he was he was throwing his arms around like he couldn't believe what had happened. And he was, I mean, I was in... I, Tried to zoom in and like film and stuff. I know it's a bit spooky, but he, he was like, he was instead <laughs> of maybe being physically drained, it was like all the emotion had come out all at once after the whole saga of it all. And out of all of them, he seems to completely buy into it all already. It's just, it's just magical. <laughs> I, I can't. I don't think we've had a player like this so early that has won so many people over, regardless of the thing that the Frigio Gomez stuff. From from a little cameo like that, like everyone was just raving about him all the way back yesterday. He was, and rightly so, he was superb. I mean, I the real question is at this point: when's he going to get a statue? <laughs> Like, you know, let let let's start forecasting because we obviously need a new we obviously need a new Steve Ball stand. Do we just do it at the same time, save the time and expenses, and just you know plan ahead? That's all I'm saying. If we just plan ahead, because yeah, yeah I, mean, I reckon if him and Mario Lamina were at opposite ends and just ran towards each other, they'd probably <laughs> knock it down. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon they could do it. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, heavy heavy slide tackle from both ends just just demolish it through. It's crumpled. It's all crumple, crumple. Yeah, just crumpling. <laughs> yeah, I just I almost feel like we've I've said this into like every game under Lopetegui that we've won, but it feels like just week after week he's just getting to. Def- I say career, Wolves' career-defining results. You know, like, um, under Nuno, we had in, like, that first season, um, like, Bristol City. Is that, like, a real moment mm. for them all to gather around and use it as real, like, um, say, silly term, but group locomotion for any sports psychology nerds out there. And Bruno never really got around his tenure. Maybe Villa away. Was the yeah, nearest. Man, Man United, but, maybe as well. Yeah. But Lopetegui has already had Everton, Liverpool, and today. And magic, isn't it? Yeah. Just magic uh, what a manager who's actually won trophies can do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, look at the guy. He's managed Spain, he's managed Real Madrid, he's managed Sevilla, he's took people to cup finals and won. The guy the guy's got pedigree. If you can't follow a man who's actually won trophies and 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 be behind him and be behind his philosophies, then just fuck off because you're a fucking waster. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> the guy knows what he's doing. He wouldn't he wouldn't have been in these positions. 
I was going to say, do you copy um, Gonzalo Guedes into that statement? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't going to say say his name, but yeah, I mean, Stu probably would have seen, seen him into that email, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they just, I don't know, there's just togetherness now, and uh, right. I, I like to judge as best as I can the performances rather than results. And don't get me wrong, the performance weren't there across 90 minutes today in the same way it has been in other games um, like Liverpool but the fact they dug in for you know that last 45 minutes when I've spent four months of the first half of the season saying this team is dog shit unfit they cannot play 90 minutes and you've got a 10 man team who are just busting their gut you know, I think match of the day showed it the amount of times we had like five six players just in the box second half <laughs> And yeah. you can't go where the rest of where the rest of the Wolves players, because you know how we cover this, but they've just got a confidence about themselves which we we just ain't had in in, in months. And you're right, having a good coach will having a good coach will do that to you. Um, in terms of the league table, because at sort of, I was going to say at 60 minutes, it wasn't looking particularly great. If I'm going to be honest with you, um, you know that. Obviously, it brought Southampton up and things like that, but it's starting to look a hell of a lot rosier, isn't it? You know, we're we're up to fifteenth on twenty three points. I think it's the first time. Um, it, it's the first time this season. I think we've got more than a point per game. It's the first time this season we've got back to back wins. Life's good as a wall stand at the moment, isn't it? I mean, remember when I said, uh, you know, I've. Uh... We shared it again earlier. The um, little comment I made um, that by the March international break, we won't even be in any talk of relegation danger. And everyone's like, oh, oh you're, being, you're being ridiculous and all this stuff. But why Why would you think any different now? You look at that and in a week or so, we'll be, talk, we'll be singing Mind the Gap again, the way it's going. Because what is that five point difference now to them? Yeah. We've got Bournemouth, Bournemouth on Saturday. They've got another couple of hard games coming up. When we when we're talking about oh, mid table, yeah, that's I think mid table's minimum now. I think top top half isn't isn't obviously a fanciful outside kind of wish wishful thinking, but why not the way the way everyone bounded together in that second half yesterday? It reminded me a bit like um, when Man City came back against Spurs a few weeks ago, and they had no right being <laughs> getting anything out of that game and just come, come came back and steamrolled. As as Man City will do, it reminded me kind of like that. Obviously, not from a quality point of view, but just from a mentality that we we are not going down without a fight, and everyone was in on it. And every, I mean, he's obviously paid with his job now, and probably rightly right so for it. I mean, when he said what well, what he said, however mentally sounded, where ten men helped us, I mean, he did because it brought the whole Wolves against the world siege mentality back. The fact that they should never have lost against ten men. Playing for a for an hour of a ninety-minute game is by the by, but it did bring everyone together, and it was the whole thing of yeah, we've been wrong, dear. We're going to sort it out, and we're going to beat you, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And it wasn't a fluke, and it wasn't oh well, yeah, it's one of them things. Yeah, we had a couple of scrappy goals, but we forced them goals to be to go in by mm. sheer bombardment of their box and their goals, which yeah. other than saw. Without wonder save at the end from that ridiculous Ward press free kick, um, he didn't really have that much to do, which is mental. No, I think he did really well with the Kilman fuck up as well. Um, yeah, with that little touch. But I think you said it well there, Stu. The thing is, although we only had ten men, and we were talking about it a minute ago, how many people got forward? You know, under Bruno Large and even under Nuno. How many times you could probably count on one or two fingers the amount of games where we're getting five or six people into a box? Yeah. You know, we're working as a team, we're working for each other, we're fight everyone's fighting for each other. You know, it feels like a family again. Um, and it's that I know I know they're like a band around that sort of like pack mentality sort of thing. It, it is it on the pitch now and, and everyone's moving forward up the pitch together and everyone's moving back. And it went and when it when you know you've got a football club where everyone's singing on the same hymn sheet and everyone's buying into the mentality then it's easy because a problem you know shared is a problem halved and i know it's a common 
thing to say is it, it is because everyone helping each other makes the game a fucking hell of a lot easier. Mm. And it, and the problem is we said Hampton and what was I saw yesterday was it was a team of individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, people yeah, like they, Shay Adams come on, they play for themselves. Yeah, they they look broken as a football team, Southampton. Like yeah, the ball's winning goals when you've got sort of two players going for the same ball and just like, you know, Sunday league, you get annoyed at it, let alone at Premier League level. And whereas Wolves, they just seem organised, they seem hungry for it, and they seem, I know they, they've got the tactical nows, but they've also got like the, the emotional mm. levels that mm. are needed as well. And, you know, we we talk a lot about how, you know, Molyneux's not being great and, you know, the fans aren't really feeling it anymore. Um, but it's it's through performances like this where just all of a sudden that you say that mentality in the fans and the fans have bought into it now the players have bought into it and it feels that real sort of sense of momentum which has definitely been lacking and you know despite how good we were up until literally this time last season with Bruno we'd never kind of felt that which is a bit which is a bit strange for a number of reasons but you know we're on this year now and there is still a lot of football to be played. Don't don't get me wrong. Um, but the fact that we've put a bit of breathing space, you know, even between us and um, us and Everton for now, and, he, and he, even particularly like Bournemouth and Southampton, just, you know, it's it's becoming less and less worrisome and sort of seeing how high, you know, how near to mid-table we can, we can get. I mean, you, you look at that there, put, that, put the table back up again, and he's that... 18, 23, yeah? So if, if when we beat them next week, that's an eight-point gap to second bottom in yeah. the space of yeah. two months, three months. Well, we've we've got an eight-point gap on Southampton and we were bottom after coming back after the World Cup. Yeah. That just speaks so, massive amounts of fucking quality about what they're doing at the club and about how, what they're achieving. I mean, you, there's not many teams... I don't know the exact form table. I, I guess we're, we're probably in the top sort of six since the World Cup, I would have thought, in terms of form. Yeah, I believe we are. It's incredible. It's, yeah. it's, it's such a... To have, I don't know he had a bit of a mini pre-season, but it's only two two games they've fucking played. I think... Yeah. I think the, I think you might have been Andy who put it in the um, in the group chat, said that well, when I... Questioning when I made that statement about mid-table top half, Went, yeah, but that's like a, a Europa League. That's a Conference League form. But mm. this is a Conference League squad, so why wouldn't it be? We've just had absolutely inept nonsense for a, for a year beforehand. So the squad, now we've got players who can actually... I mean, that's the thing, again. The goals didn't come from striker. And it's almost like that, that whole storyline, we've scored five goals in two games and not one's been from a striker again. And it doesn't really matter because, like you said, Rich, the amount of players, of bodies in the box we've never had before, which is even the, even the wasters have kind of upped the game a bit. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. yeah it's um, uh, interesting uh, comment from uh, Chucky WWFC. Um, our, our next fixtures uh, for our rivals are tough, and again, it, it just feels like just that perception around Molyneux, um just changed hasn't it and you know say life's good at the moment um and i've got well, a few yeah i was gonna say you look at the, i'm sure that southampton have got to play everton soon as well uh, mm. so they're, they're not only tough but they're against each other which is even better explore beyond the stratosphere in museum of the bible's compelling exhibition scripture and science our universe ourselves our place in washington dc open now through january 15th featuring artifacts from trailblazers in history like isaac newton nicholas copernicus and hidden figures like dorothy vaughn this exhibit guides you through groundbreaking discoveries and thought-provoking questions come and see how scripture and science have shaped our world get your tickets today at museumofthebible.org so, so I don't know. I've, it's, I think it's going to be an interesting few weeks, but I've at least got that mentality back now as a fan where I just don't see us losing going into a game. Yeah. Like, you know, 
don't don't get me wrong whether it's you know Bournemouth or Brentford or Brighton or hell even if like you know we have to play like Man United or whatever we just I just go you know yeah I think we'll get something hmm. I think Lopetegui will set us up in a way where we we can get something in a football match now we, yeah. we, win or draw and yeah. you know I think the players think that too now whereas I don't think they have them for you know nearly they had them for sort of six plus months last year um got a few couple of questions from twitter corner and one i'm going to raise to you myself i'm going to do the one for myself first because i'll forget otherwise um as much as anything else now you cut the redraw at home what order from left to right okay. do you have your knives forks and spoons because um, when I was on holiday, um, the property had it had knives, then spoons, and then forks, and that that deeply upset me. Yeah, that's kind of concerning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, mine's a little bit different. Mine's knives, forks, and spoons, but that's only because the knives are a little bit too long for the other ones. So you've got like yeah. a, a long one on the left, so it kind of like it's circumstance more than anything. But I, in reality, you'd want to go forks, not uh, forks, knife, spoon. Yeah, you, you you know, and then maybe the teaspoons underneath. Yeah, depending on the shape of the uh, the box thing, the, yeah, the yeah. organizer. Yeah. Yeah. Stu, how about you? Knives, forks, spoons. Yeah. Left to right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Just seems to make sense. Yeah. And I, it, it it deeply upset me. Like, and I was trying to work out: Do you get fined in an Airbnb property? <laughs> If you change it, I mean, Dino, uh, Dean, friend of the fancasting Marston's, a is a forks, knives, spoons man. Um, Connor, however, is a knives, forks, spoons. Which Correct way. I'm not feeling it because you have forks gone on the left and knives gone on the right when you put them on a plate. So, and it, or you got them, like yeah, but... wrapped up in a napkin or fancy. It's, <laughs> they should they should go left and right for me. Yeah, I think yeah, that's you... your OCD. Yeah, you... <laughs> yeah. So are you 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 going into your drawer, you're opening your drawer, and you're getting your knives and forks ready, and then walking in like a little cherub and putting them down. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> this this, this is me. which jobs you're talking about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think it was the phrase "little cherub." I was like, "You damn know well, right?" Yeah, no, you can't go knives first. You can't go knives first. Unless, unless there's a practical reason in terms of the storage situations. Um, Danny Danny P's a um, spoons, fork, knife, which I can accept. I, I understand, you know, but I think, you know, I think if you've got, got... If I think I think we can all agree at the very least for, uh, spoons don't belong in the middle. No, no, no. That's that, that's just some weird ass shit. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, I did. I decided not to leave that in the um, in in review, and I'm now regretting it um, <clears throat> just for lack of parking. Um, anyway, uh, two other <laughs> um, questions from a Twitter corner. Um, from Tom Kearney um, asks, which player had the best Wolves debut? Now. I'm going to stretch out. It doesn't need to like be necessarily recent batch because I'm thinking I'm I, my immediate thought when we go to players who make an instant impact is Dean Sturridge. Mm. Uh, it, it was two. It was four goals in two games, but I think you know, it's instant impact. That's pretty solid. I mean, my my first the Kent on top of my head was Ebanks Blake away at Scunthorpe. Because we had we we were on a bit of a drought at the time, I think. And he came in and scored on his debut, and he, he was just a pair of Um But I, I don't know why that that was the first thing that came to me. Oh, uh, TK, yes, it is. Well, he was um, he went down with Matt to the game. Mm. So that's all aside. But yeah, I think Ebanks Blake. Other than Joe Gomez yesterday, of course. Yeah, I mean, I, I love it when a centre back comes in and makes a big difference. You know, like Dawson's doing now. But I think mm. I remember when uh, they brought in Mike Williamson. Mm. Oh um, yeah, at the time, and he just come in. It was just, it was like watching 
a Premier League player playing like a like a you know like League One standard team. It was unreal. Yeah, and you got that sort of nous and, and confidence brought to a team. It, it's it's nice to watch. Yeah, def- definitely agree on um, the Mike Williamson one. It just it feels like that reassuring, almost like Craig Dawson is now, where it was just like, okay, Dad's home. We know what the plan is. <laughs> um, a couple on the YouTube comments: uh, David Connolly versus Bristol yeah. City. Still with the Huang from last that, season. That Newcastle? I think it was Newcastle, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and do... Yeah, against Palace. Yeah, we got um, eight Norway versus Palace and also Robbie Keane as well. I think that's always a, a, a standout one as well. Um, the other one I had um, was again from that guy, Matt Guy. Uh, Ray Dawson in the small fanfare slash sexy signing but massive impact conversation with previous Wolves transfers. I am happy to class this on the, I think we could potentially name it the Dawson scale. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm up for, we're up for I'm up for names, but I don't know. In, in terms of value for money, Premier League wise, let's say for Wolves, where, where's he ranking for yourselves at the moment? I mean, he, he's, he's pushing Lord Benetee. Just he's got to be. I mean, Ryan Bennett came in for a free, and look what he achieved here. Probably the best football of his life. No one really knew. like, oh, why are we going for this guy? And he was he was a, a rock for three years. Yeah. Um, similar to Craddock in a way. I mean, they're, they're all, it seems like the easy thing to go with with center halves because they're unassuming and a bit like that. But yeah, I, was gonna say- I, think, Daw- I think Dawson has been as solid as anything. Since he mm. in. And I, the whole lot of match today, last night as well, don't I? Anyways, um, he's just his presence there. Like he had a couple of blocks and a clearance. And he, there was mm. just no danger. He's just there all the time. Yeah. I mean, he's a player who hasn't played in, what, how many weeks? Yeah. yeah. You know, he's not yeah. played. I don't think he played. started for West Ham, had he, after the World Cup? And, no. You know, you don't look like he's missed a beat. Uh, yeah. um, good one in the um, YouTube comments um, uh, Dean Marston John Ruddy mm. wasn't a huge amount of fanfare I was trying to think of a striker um, the best I could think of was Stephen Ward and uh, I know uh, we've had another one saying Matt Doherty in the comments as well mm. yeah, yeah. I'm fi- I mean the only I guess the difference between Doherty is he didn't necessarily go into the team straight away whereas we signed Stephen Ward from from Ireland for a decent fee, um, a lot a lot more than Doherty. But he just seemed to start and score and I say make, make that difference at the time at the time Wolves needed it. You are well, right, right. It is it is position dependent um, as well. Uh, Sean says um, Sar as well. Yeah, but I, I, there was fanfare from me because I couldn't control myself for weeks. Yeah. Mm. You were like a right. dog with two dicks for Sar when he signed. Yeah, but I, I'd been banging that drum for four years and all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had to be fair. Yeah, you had, you had championed it for a while. Yeah. I mean, centre backs always for me. You know, you go back, you go back. You know, we already mentioned Mike Williamson, but you know, Gary Breen when he came in at that point mm. under McCarthy. Uh, you even go back a little bit further. You go Pole, people like that, and and they're, they're coming on relatively low transfer fees but they've been cult heroes a lot of the time you know and, and it's they're ingrained in the Molyneux culture and the DNA of the club yeah they like yeah. Super George as well mm. and, uh, yeah we came in with no fanfare because of where he came from and then developed into a Premier League left back so you can't ask for much more development than that really and he'd say that himself as well yeah well I think Going down memory lane is the best way to end any fancast show. Um, big thank you to everyone who's tuned in line, uh, tuned in live to watch us, and also um, who's listened on podcasts. Make sure that you like, share, subscribe, rate it on iTunes, rate it on Spotify, rate it to your mates as well. I don't mind. Um, make sure you keep up to date with all things Wolves Fancast at W. Uh, I was going to say at WWFC Fancast. It's not, it's that Wolves fan cast. Um, I'm just living in 2018 um, perennially. Um, but yeah, make sure you stay, keep up to date with us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram for all our uh, Wolves-related silly, silliness. 
Um, until next time, which I'm guessing will be to preview the Bournemouth match, it's goodbye from Jafoe. Good night. It's goodbye from Stu. First, though, you know that how Nathan Jones has, <laughs> has, has rightly been dismissed. <laughs> <So, yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the right one's on the wall because the bloke, like we spoke about on uh, on Friday, there, the bloke's a bit tapped in the head. Um, and now there's going to the sun. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and, 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 and if they go for Jesse Marsh, I mean, it, it'd be like Premier League script writing perfection. But since you did marry a Welsh girl, Rich, would you rather choose your life now or be a washed up Premier League manager? And it's goodbye for me. I'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>